Good evening, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. I'm going to um, read a little bit out of the Defender, Children's Health and Defense News and Views. And what I'm going to be reading is from Naomi Wolf. And she has stated that we've reached 10 steps, I'm sorry, step 10 of the 10 steps of fascism. Uh, in her book in 2008, she had written End of America. Naomi Wolf outlined the 10 steps those in power use to close down democracies. Sadly, she writes today as governments use the pandemic to justify the suppression of civil rights. America is now in the throes of step 10. And this kind of goes along with what the Lord had prompted me to uh, study out the other day that I had put it up. And I had titled it, um, The Sheeple or People 2. And I just, you know, kind of, you know, oh, titled it like that in order to uh, divert the um, algorithm. I think that's how you pronounce it from censoring it. You need to go back. You need to listen to that. You need to study this out. You really do. All right, now let's dig deep. Here we go. In 2008, I wrote a book, The End of America, Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot. In it, I warned, based on my study of closing democracies in 20th century history, that America needed to beware of an all-too-possible slide in totalitarianism totalitarianism i can't say they were totalitarianism <laughs> i warned that would be tyrants whether they are on the left or the right always use a map to close down democracies and that they always take the same 10 steps whether they invoke an external and internal threat or develop a paramilitary force or restrict the press or the final step, subvert the rule of law. These steps are always recognizable and they always work to crush democracies and establish tyrannies. At the time that I wrote the book, the global threat of terrorism was the specter that powers invoked in order to attack our freedoms. The book was widely read and discussed, both at the time of its publication and over the last 12 years. Periodically, over the last decade, people would ask me when and if we had reached Step 10. We, my brave public, Chelsea Green and I, are releasing videos of me reading the first and last chapters. See videos below, and I will put this in the description box. Of the End of America, now in 2021, for free. And I am calling the sequel to this book, which I am now writing, Step 10. Because as of March of last year, we have indeed, I am so sad to say, arrived and begun to inhabit Step 10 of the 10 Steps to Fascism. Though in 2008, I did not explicitly foresee that a medical pandemic would be the vehicle of moving the entire globe into step 10, I have at various points warned of the dangers of medical crises as vehicles that tyranny can exploit to justify suppression of civil rights. 
Today, a much-hyped medical crisis has taken on the role of being used as a pretext to strip us all of our core freedoms. That fears of terrorism did not, despite 20 years of effort, ultimately achieved. In 2015, I was widely mocked in mainstream news outlets for warning about the hysteria that accompanied Ebola reporting, and I cautioned then that infectious diseases could be used as a justification for ushering in the suppression of liberties, always under the guise of emergency measures. In 2020, I showed in my book, Outrages, Sex, Censorship, and the Criminalization of Love, how infectious disease epidemics such as cholera and typhus had been exploited in the 19th century by the British state in order to crush freedoms and invade people's privacies. I wrote about what the first anti-vaccination movements arose among British parents in the Victorian period. That book was initially canceled, and its message of warning continues to be assailed. But that book, too, was precedent. In early March of 2020, of course, a global pandemic was announced, COVID-19. In the immediate wake of the announcement and narrativization of that pandemic, most of the elements of a locked-in 360-degree totalitarianism have been put into place in most of the countries of the West, including in what had been robust democracies. It all happened very quickly and comprehensively. In the U.S., we now have, one, emergency measures in states which suspend due process of law. This is the hallmark of a police state. COVID-19 is invoked as the reason for the introduction of emergency law, but there is no end point for lifting these emergency laws. Number two, the closures of schools which break the social contract with the next generation. Number three, bills being passed for vaccine passports, which bypass the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution by allowing the government and big tech companies to intrude on medical privacy and to create a comprehensive digital surveillance state. Parentheses, indeed, the fact that these tech stocks rose by 27% each quarter of the pandemic shows one driver of this war against the human. Every minute human beings spend in a classroom, at the pub or restaurant, or in a church or synagogue is time that tech companies lose money by being able to harvest that data. COVID-19 policies driven by COVID-19 response, actually by big tech companies, ensure that humans are not allowed to connect except via digital platforms. The reason is profit as well as social control. Number four. Forced closures of businesses. By intervening economy and allowing certain businesses to flourish like Amazon, Walmart, Target, at the expense of small businesses, mainstream shops, restaurants, and sole proprietor businesses in general, the state has merged government and corporations in a way that is characteristic of Italian fascism and modern Chinese communism. Number five. 
Restrictions on assembly. Some states, such as California, are fining people for seeing their friends in their homes and making it unlawful for kids to have playdates with their friends. Massachusetts restricted gatherings of more than 10 people at a time, forcing synagogues and churches to stay closed, in spite of a Supreme Court ruling against states forcing churches to close. Marks and playgrounds, not marks, but parks and playgrounds and beaches have been closed. In countries such as Britain, people are fined for leaving their homes for more than an hour's exercise a day. Number six, forced face coverings. In Massachusetts, people are fined if they are not wearing masks outdoors. Even children as young as five are forced to do so by law. Again, this mandate has not been undergirded by peer-reviewed studies showing medical necessity, and there is no endpoint proffered for these extraordinary violations of personal freedom. Suppression of free speech. Big tech companies are censoring critics of COVID-19 policy and vaccine policy, as well as censoring views that are on the right hand of the political spectrum. Incitement, a word that has a long history in the 20th century for closing down free speech, has been weaponized by the left to shut down First Amendment freedoms of expression. In other forms of censorship and management of speech and public debate, tycoons such as Bill Gates have been funding major news outlets with millions of dollars directed to COVID-19 education. As a result, dissenting voices are marginalized and shamed or even threatened with legal action or job losses. Number eight, science being hijacked in the interests of biofascism. By heavily funding scientific commentators such as Dr. Fossey in the United States, Imperial College and SAGE in the UK, and Dr. Christian Drosten in Germany, a dominant set of policies and pronouncements about COVID-19 that benefit a small group of bad actors, notably tech and the pharmaceutical interests acting in concert with governments, having built an army of secured, credentialized supporters. But when other scientists or institutions seek debate or transparency, they are threatened with job loss or are reputationally attacked, as in the case of Dr. Simon Goddick of the Netherlands, who was told to keep quiet by his university when he challenged the flawed COVID-19 PCR test protocols. Number nine, data being hijacked to serve the interest of this biofascism. This manipulation of truth, which I foreshadowed in the end of America, is typical of the Soviet censors. COVID-19 platforms such as the COVID Tracking Project and Johns Hopkins University, funded by technocrats such as Michael Bloomberg, serve unverifiable COVID-19 data that directly affect the stock markets. Again, while this is un-American merger of corporate interest and public policy is reminiscent of Italian fascism and the twist provided by digital data presentation and its relationship to the stock market is very much of the 21st century. Number 10, attacks on religious minorities. The Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn and Christian churches in California have been singled out for punishment if they do not follow COVID-19 rules. 
a targeting of religion that is characteristic of communist policies on the left, especially in China. Number 11, policies that weaken bond between human beings and weaken the family being introduced and policed. This is the most serious development of all. The new biofascism, very much driven by big tech leaders, is a war against human beings and the qualities that make us human. Masks break human beings' ability to bond face-to-face and enjoy human contact, smiles, and jokes. Masks turn down the effectiveness of human technology, especially by it making it hard for us to read each other and to pick up social cues. Forbidding assembly keeps keeps us from forming human alliances against these monstrous interests. Forbidding human assembly also prevents new cultures, new heroes, and new business models from arising. We are all stuck with the Rolodex and the idea we had in March 2019. Forcing kids to distance at school and wear a mask ensures a generation of Americas who don't know Americans, I'm sorry, who don't know how to form human alliances and who don't trust their own human instincts. Those are counter revolutionary training techniques. Driving all learning onto already prepared distant learning platforms ensures that kids do not know how to behave in human space, space not meditated by technology. COVID-19 policies seem designed to ensure that humans will have no analog space or analog culture left, no way to feel comfortable simply gathering in a room, touching one another as friends or allies, or joining together. Lastly, driving all human interaction into Zoom, which is a window for the Communist China Party as China owns the platform, is not only a way to harvest all of our tech, business secrets and IP, it is a way to ensure that intimacy and connection in the future will be done online and the human face-to-face contact will be killed off. Why is this? Why develop policies that punish, encumber, and restrict human contact in analog, unserviled, unmeditated spaces? Because human contact is the great revolutionary force when it comes to human freedom and resistance to this form of comprehensive biofascism. The biofascism represented by the new normal, the medical fascist step 10. Now let me recap from the year 2008 and read you my intro to the end of America as well as the warning at the close of of that book. Its message has never, sadly, been more timely. This time, the threats to freedom that were then justified by terrorism have reclothed themselves in the trappings of a medical pandemic. But this time, we do not face a war on freedom. This time, we face a war on human beings and all that makes us human. And that, my friends, was written by Naomi Wolf. And I have the introduction, the, her readings of To the End of America. And I will post them in the link below. Please, please go to this and watch it. Now, there was another article I wanted to read. And this is going to all tie it in together from what I had read the other day. So... You could see that it's not my over 
active imagination. These things are truly happening, brothers and sisters. We are living in the day that capital or, you know, capitalistic America, it's gone. It, it is absolutely gone. And we are now going to be a communist nation. If you don't believe me, that's really sad. You can keep your eyes closed at these truths. I suggest you don't. I suggest you open your eyes very soon. It's time. It's time, brothers and sisters. Okay, let me see. Where is that article? Oh, let me see. Let me see. I hope I did not close it. Get over here. Just one minute, brothers and sisters. One minute. All right, we already went over Joe Biden's huh, trade record. We figured that one out, didn't we? All right, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? I may have actually gotten off of it by accident, and I certainly didn't mean to, which is a bummer for me, but, you know, that's what happens. That's what happens. Um, Let's see, where's it at, Father? Mm. I won't look too long because I don't like to have you guys wait for too long on that. Let's see, where is it at? It's one about Senator Gore. Now that was very interesting about Albert Gore Sr. and how he took uh, little Joseph Biden at 29, almost on 30, underneath his wings. And if it wasn't for him, Joe Biden would never have gotten into office. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, let's not forget on how Albert Gore Sr. had been taken under the wing of Armand Hammer there. And it was all money and stuff, but it was also, they were, they were, they were a lot alike. They were a lot alike. You know, they, they believe in the socialist view because remember Armand Hammer was actually friends with Vladimir Lenin, who basically was the leader of the Bolshevik Revolution, the, the party there, and then also in Leninism, which is a cross between Marxism and socialism. All these isms are absolutely crazy. I don't care. They just really are crazy. No, there's none good. <laughs> there's just not. I'm sorry, but there's not. Okay, well, I cannot find that article. I am so very sorry. I do apologize for wasting your time in the last five minutes here. Um, as I said, I will... Uh the links down below. Please go and listen to this lady's books and the reading that she has done. It's so very important. You need to understand what's going on in the world. Oh my goodness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask him for discernment. You need discernment. That's why he has given us one of the main reasons they gave us the precious Holy Spirit to help us discern to uh, produce fruit in us, and also to exalt and point to the Lord Jesus Christ. So ask the Father to tune your ear into what 
the Spirit is saying, because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. I don't know about anyone else, but there has been more than once that I have heard that still small voice, and I kind of just sometimes put it off on the back burner, I'm sorry, but kind of, you know, kind of like toss it aside almost. And then afterward, it'd be like, oh my God, that was God saying, do this or do that, or don't say this or don't say that. And I didn't recognize. And then I kick myself and then I repent for, you know, for quenching the Holy Spirit, for grieving the Holy Spirit, for being disobedient. See, I myself, I myself have got to get in tune, in touch with God completely to where I know when he speaks, I do not question it, but just do. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just not talking to you guys. I talk to myself a lot when I do these recordings and stuff, because, you know, God, he'll speak to you through your own mouth. Sometimes. Anyway, brothers and sisters, I love you so very much. Go to the Word of God, search these things out. Go to the Father, ask Him for wisdom, and He will give it to you. I love you all so very, very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus and your nose in the book, which is the Word of God. And embed the Word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived. I love you all. As I said, I will put those links down at the bottom. And I really, I'm urging you all to go click on them. Listen to what Miss Wolf has to say. I love you all. Bye-bye.